Welcome to the Highly Objective Podcast, where we talk to cannabis industry executives and investors and go into the weeds on recent news. This is our, we're a moon rock company. We make, we take high quality flour, we take, um, we source really good distillate, 90% plus, and we have a proprietary infusion process where we infuse that distillate into the flour. We coat it in keep, we create moon rocks. And then from those moon rocks, we create different products, pre-rolls, blunts, uh, eight grams of moon rocks. And then uh, a little bit about me now from Vegas. Um, was a professional basketball player in Europe for a few years and then uh, kept getting hurt, tired of doing rehab, and it fell into cannabis. Long story short. So, so were you consuming cannabis while playing or was that more after your playing career? Um, no, definitely while playing. Um, definitely while playing. I wasn't like a crazy cannabis user, but you know, every now, you know, on the weekends or something, we we're going to go hang out, we would, you know, spark a joint and go enjoy ourselves. Yeah. So was that more recreational then, or was it, you know, helping with like injuries or anything like that? I mean, it helped with injuries, but to be honest with you, it was just more, we, you know, recreational. I wasn't a huge drinker, so just something to get a little buzz going. I'm sure my college coaches and my pro coaches wouldn't want to hear that, but you know, good. Yeah. So, so uh, tell me what, what year was it that you got in, into cannabis and, and how did that sort of come about? Uh, I think you have a partner in this as well. So we'd love to hear the backstory behind that. Yeah. So I got into it around 2012. Uh, I got into it by chance. Uh, I was in Las Vegas. Uh, just got done playing basketball. I was working at, at a company called Freeman in Las Vegas doing conventions and uh, I was waiting on some clients and me and this guy at the bar started talking. Um, and he was telling me about this cannabis company that his friend had, and he wanted to start a new um, company with him being the manufacturer. And uh, I didn't really enjoy what I was doing. I had some money from playing ball, and I, it sounded exciting, you know. So um, long story short, I called him for a couple of months, like three months. We finally got together. Um, I made the move to California, um, and we, we started Presidential. Um, he, they were, he brought on my now partner, John Zapp, to kind of help us with some uh, funding and just some, some, some business fundamentals. Um, we caught that partner at the time doing some things that weren't in, in the benefit of the company. So we decided to move on without him, me and John, and now we're partners. And um, you know, we just met and uh, we connected. We're, we're kind of an odd couple. He's 30 years my senior. Um, but you know, he, he kind of, I can kind of push the company forward with, you know, I'm really happy with the, with the industry and he can kind of keep, you know, be the glue to keep us together because he understands business and the, you know, the fundamentals of business. So, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good uh, combo between us. And then tell me more about the, the brand. Uh, how'd you guys come about, you know, naming it presidential, you know, what's sort of the, the consumer? Uh, yeah. So the brand, man, honestly, we, we came up with probably 30 or 40 different names. Um, the, uh, my partner at the time, he had a presidential Rolex on, so we threw presidential on there, and, and I really like that, you know, not as, in terms of just being elevated. Um, and we just, we ran with it. We thought it'd be, it's a great name for an elevated product, and uh, it's worked for us. We packaged it nice, got a nice logo, kept the product consistent, and, and like I said, elevated, uh, you know, THC level high, and uh, yeah, it's worked for us. 
Yeah. How's that do on, on sort of a branding SEO standpoint, right? Because even if I, like, for example, I just Googled presidential now and, and put in cannabis and, and you know, not that it has that many followers, but there's like presidential farms with, with a pH. Um, so do you ever run into any issues uh, with discovery given that sort of like a, you know, a general term for the brand? I think we do a poor job in SEO as a brand. We need to do a better job of doing that. What we kind of focus on in terms of the marketing is we know that in each one of our retail partners, there's hundreds of people coming in that door every day. How do we get those people who are already coming in looking for good products? How do we get them to choose our product, right? And just being at those stores, doing um, in-store activations, um, customer appreciation days, brand pop-ups. Um, that is how we found to be the best marketing tool for us. But we definitely need to, with such a, a, a name like presidential, we definitely need to do a better job on SEO. And then how many stores in California is the brand in today? Um, I don't want to lie to you and give you the exact number, but my last, our last count was over 400 in the 430 range. And, and what's sort of the target, right? Because let's say there's 800, 850 dispensaries in California, not necessarily every single store will be a fit for your, your consumers. Um, so, you know, from that call it 850, what's sort of the, the target? 850. <laughs> All right, so everyone, everyone can be a presidential uh, consumer and customer. Absolutely, I think that's the beauty of our product, and I think that's one of the best valued products on the market because it is such a strong product that if you're not a big smoker, it brings value because you can use it for multiple smoking sessions, you know, and, and get uh, and consume multiple times. And if you are a heavy smoker, you know, one of them is going to get the job done for you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, I want to go back to the, the product. Um, so how did you start with, with the Moon Rocks category, right? So when you were thinking about, hey, we're going to get into cannabis, we're going to have a product and a brand, um, you know, what sort of led you towards Moon Rocks? So um, as I was saying before, it was the partner at the time, he had a friend that was uh, making Moon Rocks, right? And he needed, you know, a brand. He had his own brand, but he, he was making so many that he needed another brand to help sell product. So uh, at the time, that's that's how I got into it. That's that's what was in that's how it was presented to me. Get into the cannabis industry was the Moon Rocks. Um, so you know, doing that and then then having him not be a good partner and having the relationship with that manufacturer, me and my partner now, John, we had to go out on our own and figure out how to reduplicate the product that we were just selling because we had no idea. We'd never been to the manufacturing facility. We had no idea how this product was made. Um, we knew the fundamentals of it. Um, but long story short, me and John got together and I put our heads together and um, he, he had a, a, a eureka moment and we figured it out. We figured out the formula, which we think is even a better formula than what we were originally getting and just using better quality products to make our, pro our end product. Yeah, so can you break out sort of between the flower, the blunts and the pre-rose, what percentage of sales uh, are between those three categories? Yeah, so for our, our cash cow for sure is our blunt. We have the number one selling blunt in California, whether it's infused or non-infused, just any blunt period, we have a number one seller. Um, so I would say that's probably around 40% of our sales, maybe 45. And then our pre-rolls are probably another 30 to 35. Um, and then our Moon Rock. So our Moon Rock is our flagship product but there's not uh, the same size market for that as our pre-rolls and blunts. So that, was, so that comes in around about 20%. And, and, and what's the size of, of that Moon Rock market and how's that growing given it's, it's very niche? 
Um, I would say it's very up and down. Some, um, like in 2021, it was a very up market for our moon rocks, right? In 2022 so far, they haven't performed as well. Um, so, we're, you know, we're launching some new collabs, new strings, lowered the price. Uh, we haven't, you know, we've been one of those brands that, um, you know, we've become a household name, so we haven't had to lower our pricing as the market has lowered in terms of raw goods and flower prices, digital prices. Our prices are pretty, uh, held pretty strong. So for the first time in our company's conception, we decided to lower the new rock prices to better meet the market. And um, I, I think we'll see a raise in sales from that. Um, we have a new strain with THC Design we're launching called Peak Cookies that we just launched this week. Uh, so I think that'll be big in the market and it'll help boost our Moorock sales. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up THC Design, um, you know, with that collab, you know, it's, it's the same category, but I think the differentiator is you're now using a uh, flower that's grown by THC Design, right? Yeah, yep. So we really, in a lot of our, a lot of our products that's just presidential, it's not a collaboration with THC Design, is THC Design. Uh, products. I source a lot of our ragos from them, um, but they just specifically give us those strains for the collab. Uh, we have Pink Cookies, we have 24K, we have Gorilla Goo, and then we have their staple XJ13, which is a uh, sativa. Is that exclusive to Presidential with those strains? Yes. Yes. So what we do, and the thing that, that made the partnership so great is like, we're not farmers, we're not growers, we're, we are a manufacturer and a distributor. They are farmers, so and they sell really high quality flour, and they have an improvement, and it's all fresh, organic flour. So for us, we just take their product, and we manufacture, you know, do our proprietary infusion process, and manufacture a, a more, you know, I'm not gonna say a better product, but a more elevated product, a higher THC product. So we, we don't really, we don't. There's no bumping of heads, you know. I mean, we kind of, we, we can kind of grow together and, and push both of our brands together. And, and then, you know, when you do a collab like this, um, you know, what percentage of sales, um, you know, you can give us a, a rough estimate will end up being the, the collab versus, you know, the, the core products from just presidential that's sourced from tissue design and, and other, you know, cultivators? Um, I would say it's probably 75%, 25%, you know, the collabs are 25%. Um, you know, those products are limited, right? We're limited to what you know, the, the quantities that those, um, you know, Rogue or THC Design or Moxie, the people that we collaborate with, what they can give us, right? Because they also have their own products using those same strains, right? So um, our, our core products, our cash cows are our main flavored presidential product. And then our collabs can give us, um, you know, a little more street cred, if you will. We have, you know, those brands have such um, of their own followings and then for them to allow us to take their products and do what we do with them, it just brings that, you know, that credibility to our, our products as well. And vice versa. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Be between, you know, your three partners, Tasty Design, Moxie, and uh, Rove, you got some, some pretty good, strong brands with, you know, uh, a pretty long-standing history in, in California and the cannabis market. Yeah, definitely. And they're just good people, man. Like, the reason we, we do... You know, I know all of those guys, um, the owners as people before we even got into doing business first. So that makes it even more fruitful. And you, know, you touched on an interesting topic earlier with, with sort of discounting, right? Um, the story we've heard the last call it six to nine months is, is sort certainly that raw goods are, are down. But at the retail level, most brands, or not most, I'd say some brands have been able to hold their pricing. Uh, some brands, even like a, a connected Alien Labs that's known for premium tier pricing, 
have started discounting and, and discounting, I think, at a pretty high percentage. Uh, so, you know, did some of those factors uh, influence you to lower your prices? And then from a discounting standpoint, uh, you know, could you share with us how discounted it is now versus what it was historically? Yeah, so for um, we, we haven't lowered our prices in terms of our blunts and our materials. I think we have very competitive prices for, for uh, the quality of product we have. But for the Moon Rocks, definitely um, we decided to lower pricing because for one, it, it is a high dollar product, you know, and, and it can be really expensive. And with the uh, instead of just taking all that margin, we think we can sell more with volume and make that margin back up by, you know, lowering that price, allowing more people to be able to afford it. Um, and then, like you said, what we're, the, the raw goods are becoming so cheap um, that, you know, it allows us to to give the, the add value to the consumer and give them a better product for a cheaper price. Um, but in terms of the type of discount, you know, we were charging 29 to $30 for an eighth uh, wholesale for, of our Moon Rocks. Now we're down to 22 and $23. And, and is, that, is that happening where that discount is being passed on to consumers or more so now your retailers are selling at the same price, but just getting it for cheaper and it's helping their gross margins? Um, a little bit of both. I think it's really in Los Angeles depends on what part of town you're in and the demographics of your town. You know, in downtown LA, you can get our product, our Moon Rocks, for probably two to five dollars cheaper than you could in West Hollywood. You know, um, so I think some of them are passing that along um, because, in my opinion, the name of the game is volume. You know, I mean, we want to sell as much product and get as many and get our hands get our products as many hands as possible, not just have uh, you know the highest selling product or you know, have the absolute best margins. Our margins are so great, we can come down a little and sell more and we would be, you know, it'd still be amazing for us. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, you know, it's brand awareness right now is sort of the name of the game so that the more consumers are familiar with presidential, I think the better. Um, so going back to your point about getting into all 850 or so stores uh, and, and having that availability is pretty key to brand building. Yeah, and I think too with us, the, um, you know, we provide value because I think for per THC percentage to cost, I mean, I don't know if there's a better product out there than presidential. Yeah, I, I don't really hear too many people talk about THC percentage to cost. Usually it's uh, right. milligram uh, per dollar or, or whatever the metric might be. Um, so that's interesting you bring that up. Typically, uh, what percentage is the product usually landing at for you? So anywhere between, I would say 35 and 50 for the uh, Primos and Blunts. Um, and then for the Moon Rocks, it's usually in the 40 to 55 range. Um, the flower itself tends to be a little um, uh, a little higher in THC than when we grind it up and break it down and put it in the Primos and Blunts. What are some of the economics um, on those um, collabs? Yeah, so I would say, you know, each one takes three to four months, I would say, to come to fruition. Um, and each one is kind of different because, you know, you got THC Design who is a, they're a, a farm. They're, they, they, you know, they grow, they cultivate flowers, right? And then you have Moshi who also, call, you know, they also are starting to cultivate, their, you know, they have their own uh, farms now, but they are known to be a manufacturer with high-grade concentrate. And Roe, the same thing. They're starting to cultivate now, but they're really known as being, um, a manufacturer, high concentrate um, base and things like that. So what we want to do is, is showcase each one of those brands 
top products, right? So for for um, TNC Zion, it was their XJ13 flower. That's what our staple was, right? For for Moxie, it was the Triple X Live Resin um, concentrate. And then for Rove, we basically took their Wowie vape pen and infused that into our flower. So it's you're you know you're smoking a a, a Wowie vape pen infused uh, you know moon rock. So those things. Um, you know, each play their own different roles. So we would have to, you know, work different deals where we would, you know, buy raw goods from them at a, a discount because we're putting their, their logos on, on the packaging and we're promoting them as well. So it's got to be a win-win for both sides. Yeah. Right. So, so that's usually where the economics come in, where you're buying at a discount in addition to promoting their brand. So it's not necessarily like a, a rev share on the final wholesale product. Exactly. That's how we find it to be cleanest and easiest. Now, um, you know, we have tried to explore the rep share and we're both, you know, both uh, companies sell reps, push the product, but then it becomes a lot of, you know, intercompany fighting over territories and things like that. So we just found, you know, if you guys are wholesaling products, now you have a partner to, to un unload some of that product and we're going to go push your, your brand for you with along with our brand as well. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You, you have sort of one clear sales contact. So it's the presidential salesperson. Um, and then more so you're just working out the economics at the, the beginning of that partnership, um, you know, to sort of reduce your cogs. Absolutely. That's the name of the game. And, and you know, let's, let's go talk more about the business. Can you share with us sort of, you know, revenue numbers today, how that's, you know, looking maybe either for 2022, how it was in 2021, any sort of financial metrics that you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, absolutely, man. We've gone on a, you know, we've had a crazy road um, to where we got today, you know, 2018, I'll take you back, 2018, we launched in the recreational market in September. So we did about $60,000 in revenue in 2018. Uh, 2019, we did a little south of a million dollars, so probably you know like 985,000. So we had a lot of growth. Um, yeah. And then from there, we had um, in 2020 we did 5.2 million, and in 2021 a shade over 13 million. Um, so I think this year we're on pace to do over 20 million. Our goal is to hit 25 million, just in California. And, and when do you hit 25 million California? Is that 2023 or a little bit further out? The way we're trending right now, it would be 2023, but we always see a bump in numbers uh, in the summer months. You know, we, we see the 420 and then May, the numbers are a little down, 420 hangover, but come June, for our company, at least, I'm not sure how the rest of the industry is, but for our company, year over year, come June, July, August, September, we see a very significant boost in sales towards the end of the year. So I think... Realistically, we'll get to 25 million in 2022. Oh, wow. I mean, that'd be huge if that's, uh, you know, what, what you can, can do uh, this year. I mean, that would put your brand in a very small number of California brands able to do, you know, 20 million plus in the state. Absolutely. And, and that's what we're going to go. I, I, like, we're, we're tracking right now 20 million. I know we'll get to 20 million this year. Um, but I think the launch of our minis, you know, we've looked at data from BDSA, from Leafling Marketplace, the products in our categories that sell um, above ours, they're all mini, packs of mini. So we're excited to launch our minis. We think uh, that will get us over the hump to the $25 million mark this year. Yeah, so, so just to clarify, that is total company, call it 
net revenue or, or revenue, you're not saying this is our retail revenue, but then you know, your actual wholesale revenue is half of that, right? That's that's your wholesale plus distro revenue. Yeah, our, our wholesale revenue, yep. Yep. And what we awesome. sold to the to the century, we did 13, a little over 13 million in 2021. So so then just just for the audience listening, then so if you're gonna do 20 million this year wholesale, that means at retail, it's probably closer to 40 million of, of sales across all the dispensaries and delivery services. Yes, sir. Awesome. Congrats, man. That's that's huge. I appreciate that. You know, it's been a long, long, long road to get here. I thought we'd be here a lot sooner, but um, you know, it's it's uh, going through the things we've gone through to get here. It's it's uh, it's um. It's been amazing. I don't even know how it's been. It's been an amazing ride, and uh, I'm excited to see how far we can take it. And and look, what's what's sort of been you know the last two years? What's sort of propelled that growth, right? To get to ten, to get to fifteen, and, and now you know twenty to twenty five million this year. Um, is it just more doors? Uh, is it more product SKUs that you've been releasing? Like, what's been sort of the you know the the thing that's pushed that revenue growth up? Uh, I would say it's a combination of a few things. One. Um, I think COVID um, and then just being able to, you know, the growth in cannabis because more people were getting uh, money from the government more people had a little more money at that time. And um, we were allowed to stay open. We were one of those businesses that were allowed to stay open um, during the pandemic. And we had our whole industry had growth towards then, So we kind of rode that wave and, and maximized it. Um, and then I think we just had the right product at the right time, you know, uh, single use products that were high in THC, very flavorful. People were stuck at home, you know, um, not knowing what to do with themselves. So this would help the time go by. Um, I think that along with, like I said, growth in the industry and then our, in our collabs, our strategic collaborations. Um, yeah, just getting those products out there with those brands and, you, and both of us pushing, pushing the product, it's just, it's really worked for us. And, and, you know, some of those like tailwinds that you mentioned with, with COVID and the stimulus checks, some of those have ended, right? So it's very commendable that you've actually been able to keep that growth um, as a base. And now you're, you're building on top of that because some of those same benefits in, you know, call it back half 2020 and 2021, we're, we're not seeing today in, in 2022, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, we, you know, we're, we're really focusing on a lot of companies. They want to have big, sexy companies and do all this marketing. We're like, well, we want to make, you know, we want to grow this company to be the biggest company, but we also want to make money along the way. So we are very strategic on, we go knock on doors, right? We're not spending um, hundreds of thousands on marketing campaigns. We're knocking on doors. We're touching the people. We're talking to the people that make the decisions. And we, you know, we try to be relentless with that over and over and over and strategically uh, map it out. So we're hitting all the different regions in one so we can get statewide distribution. So that's, that's what's for us. Um, you know, it helps the growth. It's just opening more doors, being relentless, um, giving out product. I know our product is quality. I see, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I see people's reactions. So we want to give people product. And then that, you know, that, then they start going into the systems and asking for our product. And if we're not in there, they call us. And we've gotten to the point, you know, where we become a brand name where people are calling us now. And, it's, um, and I think it's just a testament to having a plan and sticking to it. Yeah, let's go back to, to talking more about, you know, something you brought up earlier on, on your new product you're releasing, Minis. Um, sort of what was the, the driving factor behind that? Um, tell us more about the products and, and when it's going to get into market. Yeah, so uh, the driving force is really just me 
um, actually smoking a presidential one day and just going through BDSA, looking at numbers, seeing what was going on, uh, what items were selling, what size items were selling in comparison to others. And uh, I realized looking at it for about an hour that, you know, we're the only ones in our level selling one at a time, selling one joint at a time or one blind time. Everybody else is selling packs of many. So just looking at that, at that data, I kind of had a, uh, you know, um, a light bulb in my head moment. Like, yeah, we need to, we really need to focus on getting these minis out. Um, we're in the process right now where the packaging has been approved and is getting um, printed. So I'm looking for hopefully like a July release. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, I think that would be the, what gets us over the $25 million hump. It, it, just looking at the numbers and seeing that those products are what consumers really love is those being able to take small, um, you know, products that have multiple at a time. I just don't see how it wouldn't get us over the $25 million hump. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of uh, brands the past year release sort of a, a mini pack, right? Whether it's been a, a Pure Beauty or... Uh, a time machine, which is a new brand recently, even um, or you know Sunday School or, or a lot of these brands, minis definitely have, have been a part of that product skew release. Um, do, you, do you think you're a bit late to that, or, or you're confident, like based on the presidential brand and sort of that, how that market's growing? Um, you know what sort of revenue expectations? Let's say you release in July, so you have six months of selling minis. What what sort of revenues are you expecting for? minis and, and sort of, you know, is that current customers you're going to pull from or you're going to pull from some of the other brands? Yeah, um, both. I think, you know, we will do, you know, I think we'll cannibalize ourselves a little bit in terms of our single um, pre-roll and our single blunt sale. But uh, I think, you know, we will grab um, customers from these other companies that are uh, selling minis, right? Um, I, you know, I would expect, you know, we're on track to do about 20 million, which is our regular, you know, the product that we've been selling for the last two to three years. So I, you know, I would expect it a three to $5 million uh, run, you know, almost a million dollars a month uh, from July on in terms of the minis. That's my goal. You know, we'll see how, the, how it shakes out and, what the, and how the market responds to it. But I just think we've proven the concept of our product. We've become a household name. We've had a cult following for a long time. Um, People have been asking us for a long time to, to launch minis. So I know you can either be the first to the party or you can be, you know, um, fashionably late, you know, and I think we kind of strung our people, our consumers out long enough to, to now when we drop them, it'll be, um, it'll be big for our company. Yeah. And, and tell me more about, you know, when, when a company like yourself, um, you know, pushes a, a new product, is it automatically picked up? Um, by your current retailers, or is it like a slow row, you know, people first 30, first 60 days picking it up? How, how does that work? Yeah, we've been blessed to like usually, so usually a week or two before the product launches, we do, uh, we start marketing to the, to the dispensaries, right? So we do that B2B marketing. And we've been so blessed that our products have sold, they usually sell out at these stores that they, you know, they can't wait for the launches. So as soon as we drop them, they pick them up. And, uh, you know, so now so much for these minis, me and my partner, John, uh, we're talking yesterday and you know, we are going to make sure that we, we make enough, right? We make multiple batches, not just one batch, but we have multiple batches stacked up and, um, and, uh, before we launch, right? So that way we're ready for the demand and we're not selling out and then having to wait a couple of weeks and selling out where we can consistently feed this to the consumers and to the, to the stores. 
Yeah, you want you want to be ready for the re-up because you got to have that consistent supply. Otherwise, a retailer might lose faith in the brand. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and we learned that along the way as we've done these collaborations and uh, we didn't strategically plan the launches. We were like, oh, they're ready, let's launch it. And then it sells out, you know, in five days. And then we got to wait two weeks, three weeks to get more from the, from, you know, the farm. So now we want to strategically roll it out, have products in, um, have inventory sitting so we can do these re-ups and keep the product in the market. Great, great. Um, you know, I know previously you shared that you're going to expand to additional states uh, for, I, I think I've read somewhere for this year. How are you tracking towards that goal? And what are those new states? Yeah, so uh, we're finalizing. We're on the final leg of our deal in Nevada. Hopefully we'll have that tied up uh, by the end of the month. Um, Oklahoma, we had a deal fall through, but we already have packaging and all of our, everything set up there. We're just trying to find a new partner in Oklahoma. Um, and we're flying to, my partner John Zapp and I are flying out to Michigan, hopefully next week, to meet with some people to try to close the deal there. So Michigan, Nevada, Oklahoma, um, I would love to have Arizona. I don't have anything currently going on there at the moment, but those three are the ones that I would, you know, my goal is to close all three of them by the end of the year. Not only close the deals, but actually have presidential in production and in the market by the end of the year. Right, right, because then you can actually check that box that you're in yeah, market, right. not just a, a yeah. deal. Um, great, and, and how did you think about those those new markets? Um, was it more opportunistic based on your network, or how did you choose those four next four markets as the next four? Um, honestly, yeah. So I'm from I'm from Las Vegas. My partner John, he's uh, he he raised his family in Oklahoma, in Norman, Oklahoma. So those two markets were kind of just network who we knew. Um, and friends of friends and trying to put something, put something together. We both, we've had multiple deals fall through in both of those markets, right? So it hasn't been easy. Now the people that we're dealing with um, in both sides are not from our network, uh, surprisingly enough, but our network led us to them, if you will. Um, and then Michigan, the same way. Um, somebody heard of us that, that has retails in um, Michigan through a California retailer. They made the intro to us, and now we're going to see if it's the, the synergy aligns and we can make something happen. And typically in these new markets that you enter, is it finding a partner that has a license for cultivation and manufacturing um, or, you know, kind of case by case? In some markets, you might acquire your own manufacturing license. How does that work? Yeah, so for instance, in, uh, in Nevada, where it's a very limited license state, right, we found a partner who has um, manufacturing distribution. That's more important to us than cultivation. We can always source flour, but if you know, we are truly manufacturers at heart, right? So um, in Nevada, you have to have a third party distributor, right? So it has to be an alcohol brand that's a company that's been distributing alcohol in Nevada for a long time. They they have, even if you have multiple um, room, if you have a, a, in one facility, if you have a cultivation license in part of your facility and manufacturing in another part of your facility, you have to have a third party come into your facility and take product from one part of your own facility and walk it down to the next part of your facility. So that right there is completely different than California where we, um, where we're the manufacturer. We also are our own dis uh, distributor. We self-distribute. Me and my partner, John, we own the distribution company too, yep. as well as the manufacturing company. And then in Oklahoma, it's the same thing. We, instead of partnering with somebody, we actually file for our own licenses because uh, financially it just made sense. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, and then Michigan, again, that's another licensing deal. Go out there, find somebody that has the licenses, 
and then be able to work with them to manufacture and distribute the product. So, so, you know, it's been very interesting how you've gotten to this point so far. Uh, curious about funding. Is it friends and family? Um, what sort of is the funding situation for the company? Man, we are completely self-funded. My partner, John Zapp and I, um, and as I said, he's 30 years my senior. He's been a businessman for a long time. So, you know, he, at the beginning, he definitely took the bulk of the financing of what we needed to get going. And then as we've uh, got going, now we just, we, we take our, our profits and instead of taking them and putting them in our pocket, we see we have something special, so we just reinvest those back into the business. And we don't have to get diluted. We, we keep uh, the company ourselves. We've had a couple of partners. We've tried to have a couple of partners and it hasn't really worked out. So, you know, we just try to be very smart with our money, try to be very diligent, make data-driven decisions. Um, and, you know, like I said, take our money that we make, put it back in and help grow this thing. So, so is the intention to continue to sort of self-fund between you and John, or would you take outside capital? Yeah, I mean, we were, we're down to, you know, listen to every, everything that comes our way and, um, you know, try to make the best decision. So if it makes sense at the time to, to take funding, uh, we will. I think right now, with the rate of the growth of our company, it just makes sense for us to continue to self-fund. Um, but, you know, a time might come in next year where we got four states and we really need to put gasoline on this thing and we need to bring in outside capital um, and strategic partners to help us do that. Right. Because if you're going to, you know, brand build in those markets, uh, that's not going to be cheap. It could be anywhere from 500 to a million bucks a year just to, to build your brand in those markets, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we're hoping, you know, we can kind of offset some of that cost because of, you know, the concept that we've proven here in California use some of the branding that we've already established here and move east um but we'll see how that goes and and you know in those markets um or i guess markets outside of california in general what's sort of your uh thesis on, on how presidential wins um i think the same the same way we win here in california it's a consistent product um knowing every time you try presidential any flavor any strain that it's the same as the last time we had it and the time before that. And then just the packaging, uh, I think it's packaged nice as a national brand. I think we can roll this out across the country. Um, I think those two things, and then the flavor, you know, people like to get, you know, with their vices, they like to get, have to feel the effect, but they also like for it to taste well. I think we've not, I think we've knocked both of those out. And um, I think we have a product that would, should do well in every market. And then Kiers, given your, your background in, in pro basketball, um, you know, have you been approached by other athletes, other you know, basketball players to kind of get in, you know, and, and kind of use what you've built as a foundation for them to enter cannabis? Um, honestly, no, you know, I wasn't a big, I would say I was like a household name for a basketball player. You know, I, was, I came from a small school, uh, went and played professionally over in Europe. I was one of the only non-division one basketball players playing in the, in the professional leagues over there. Um, and I, and I keep a real low-key profile, man. I mean, I work, go home, hang out with my wife and my dog. Um, so, you know, I'm just now starting to get my name out there to let people know that, you know, uh, to give presidential, you know, let people know that, you know, presidential, who owns it, we have personality, what we stand for and things like that. Before, we, you know, we're just pushing the brand and the brand stands on its own, um, you know, and not worrying about it being about us. Yeah, because I think you have a, a real good foundation for someone to come in and do that with, right? Obviously, we've seen, you know, 
Viola and Al Harrington with, with a bigger profile and, um, you know, Adam Iverson coming in on, on top of that, seven leaves and, and Matt Barnes. But, you know, what you've built, I, I imagine now that you're getting out there, um, athletes are going to come and, and sort of, you know, try and partner with you as kind of their cannabis person that's also an athlete potentially, right? Man, I would love that. I, I hope it does happen. You know, um, it hasn't happened yet. I'm looking forward to that happening. And, uh, but, you know, it has to be the right partnership. You know, yep. for me, I don't want it to just be about a celebrity or athlete, but actually be about the product and the quality of the product and, the, you know, and how the product makes you feel. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, my theory on it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, well, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it and, and learning more about presidential and sharing that with, with other folks. I appreciate the opportunity and the platform to push presidential. So thank you.